Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. Let's talk Timothy Tebow. Tim Tebow. You've heard by now that Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to give Tim Tebow an opportunity to make the team uh, as a tight end. Uh, Tebow hasn't played in the NFL, I believe, since 2012. So we're talking almost a decade now. And I can obviously tell when white people have no idea what white privilege means. You can always tell, right? You can always tell the white people that are little. I'm not saying that they're racist. They're, They're ignorant. And they just don't understand how society works because they never had to. They never had to deal with the things that we as African Americans and other minorities have had to deal with. And I can always tell because they say something like this. This is what they say. I'm so, I, I can't, you know, Tim Tebow, I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm so inspired by Tim Tebow living out his dreams and just doing the things that make him happy. You know, we all should be able to just try to do whatever we want to do and live our best life. Just live out our dreams. So inspiring. I might cry right now. You have to take every opportunity in life and squeeze it like a melon. I love you, Tim Tebow. 316. Yeah, you, you probably saw a few of those tweets and social media posts and your your hot takers and whatnot. Here's the problem. And you you know what the problem is without me having to tell you. But just in case you're one of those listeners say, Rob, I I don't I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why people are so upset about this. Opportunities are great. I think in life we all would just live out our dreams. If we could. See, that's the problem. The issue isn't so much people living out their dreams, it's having the opportunities to do so. Now, this is not necessarily a black and white thing. It's a black and white thing from a societal perspective, not necessarily from a sports perspective in the sense that, or or I would say a rich person's perspective. Because if you're rich, uh, opportunities seem to come to you. Easily. If you're famous, you get a lot of chances to do a lot of different things. White or black. I mean, there's a reason Michael Jordan got to, you know, play baseball. Because he's Michael Jordan. You know, everybody just can't go out and say, you know something? Now I'm feeling like I want to try out for the White Sox today. Yeah, that's nice. It's, it's not going to happen if you work at Walgreens. 
The societal issue is bigger because the societal issue is that we know, we know for sure that black people aren't afforded the same opportunities as white people. And that's where the ignorance come in from, from white people. They, you know, they don't see it because they're the ones getting the opportunities. That, that's just the way it is throughout society. Black people just aren't afforded equality. I was reading something the other day. A family was trying to sell their house. And they had a, an appraiser come in, a couple of appraisers. Like, man, you know, the, the value of the, the house is just seems a little low for the neighborhood. So they had their white friend stand in one time when the, the, the same appraiser came. And all of a sudden, the value of the house doubled. So, so it's stuff like that. You know, the, if it's car loans, home loans, job opportunities, it's not equal. And, and that's when it gets frustrating for someone like Tim Tebow. It's not Tebow per se that's the problem. Nobody, you know, if he wants to try to play tight end and, and whatever. It's the fact that, you know, when you're just white and people like you, these hand you opportunities. Hey, you want to play baseball? No problem. You want to be an announcer part-time? No problem. You want to try to play football after 10 years? No problem. No problem. You know, Colin Kaepernick can't get a trial. Can't get one team to even let him in the building. He knocks on the door. They lock him out. That's that's the frustrating part. That's why people get frustrated by Tebow. Because, like I said, it's not so much in the football sense. It's more in the, you see it, and you see Tebow as a microcosm of society. Just a, a white boy going through life, just giving opportunities that he really doesn't deserve. He's not particularly good at anything besides me and Tim Tebow, if that makes sense. Like, he's really good at being Tim Tebow, but he's not really excellent at any of the things that, or the opportunities that are given to him. And and the other thing is the whole, this is the thing that gets me. Tebow's going to come in and change the locker room. <laughs> he's going to give it a culture shock. He's going to come in. He's going to change that entire locker room. Because he's Tim Tebow. That's the other thing that they like to say. First of all, where did this narrative come from? You know, I'm assuming it came from when he was at Florida. Because, you know, Tebow 316. But, you know, he was playing with murderers and felons at Florida. His coach is shady. So while he may be a virtuous individual, I have no reason to think that he isn't, the people around him don't change because he's there. Tim Tebow was there when Aaron Hernandez was, you know, pulling out the nine millimeters and beating up people at restaurants. You know, he, he was there. When I believe Florida had the most players arrested like by double any other school in college football. So he wasn't changing the culture. They were a good team and he was a good quarterback. College quarterback. When he got in the NFL, he didn't change any cultures. That's a media creation. It's a white savior creation. To think a 33-year-old Tim Tebow is going to walk in there and change 
whatever's going on in Jacksonville is asinine. It's really stupid. <laughs> Even just thinking about it. And I, I, Jimmy Smith, former Jaguar, was like, well, if Colin Kaepernick was signed, he would divide the locker room. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> hey, Colin Kaepernick's not. Nobody's divide. Do you know what divides locker room? Losing. Bad play. Every team has some shady individuals on it for various reasons. They don't care. Richard Sherman told you. Go look it up. When they asked Richard Sherman, say, hey, man, you know, your boy Nick Bosa loves Trump. You know, doesn't really seem to like black people outside of the, his teammates. His MAGA, heavy MAGA. Think about that. Say, can he sack the quarterback? If he sacks the quarterback and he's a good teammate within the locker room, nobody cares. Nobody cares, you know, what Tyreek Hill has done. Inside, he's good inside the locker room, and he's good on the field. If you're good on the field and inside, within your with your teammates, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Patrick Mahomes' new dad has a kid. Has to look at Tyreek Hill every day and know that he punched a pregnant woman in the stomach. Doesn't matter. Post pattern touchdown. So this whole, you know, Kyle Kaepernick would divide the locker room. Tim Tebow is going to change the coach. It's a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of media BS. It's created. Tim Tebow is not going to do anything. The Jacksonville Jaguars will live and die by Trevor Lawrence. It, you should have, this should all be about Trevor Lawrence. And I'm starting to feel bad for Sunshine. He, I don't know if Sunshine is MAGA, but he's, he did go a little hard for Black Lives Matter. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that. But he's... If Trevor Lawrence doesn't play well, you can have 30 Tim Tebow's. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. If Urban Meyer doesn't know how to coach, it doesn't matter. How many Tim Tebow's you got? This man's trying to make uh, Travis Etienne into a wide receiver. The Jags have bigger issues than Tim Tebow coming in and doing Bible study. Don't be fooled by the media. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Kobe Bryant going into the Hall of Fame along with, you know, Tim Duncan, the big fundamental, and uh, Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. It's tough, man. It's it's uh, it's 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 tough. I always tell my wife this. I'm like, you know, if Kobe uh, would have passed, like alone, you know, say it was a single car accident or something like that, that would have been rough, you know, too. You know, anytime someone uh, passes away young, it's it's a sad situation and you know he's he's the same age as, as I was when he passed away early forties. It would have been it would have been sad. It would have been sad. Um and obviously people would have been devastated. Obviously Vanessa and the girls would have been devastated, his family and friends and things like that. You know, but you, you maybe could find some solace in the fact that you know he had his career. You know, he had built his legacy. And while he was building uh, another legacy off the court, you know, he had those years where, you know, he, at the profession he chose to do, he reached the absolute peak and pinnacle, you know, of that profession. And I think, you know, you can find some sort of solace, you know, in that when you, you hear about, certain people passing away too young. Like, you know, they, they did 
what they loved and they got to the absolute peak of what made them happy and you know they live you know life even if it's a short life and you wish they had more time you wish they you know everybody wishes they can live to old age and die peacefully during their sleep but you know it doesn't happen you know unfortunately the thing that always gets me is when young young people pass away like the kid from Kentucky in the car accident I saw that and I just you just shake your head at that because they haven't had time to develop their lives that you know and, and so it always hits me not so much with, with Kobe it's like you know that's that's sad it always hits me more with Gigi because that's 13 years old you know what I mean like that's that's tough that that's tough you know that that's that's just a, a a terrible a terrible thing that's 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 a baby you know just try to remember when you were 13 years old you know I, I don't remember that. I mean I was in eighth grade <laughs> you're in eighth grade you know we were you were doing stuff <laughs> but you know it's that's not a life that's not 13 years is not a life you know, 18 years old is not a life. 19 years old, that's not a life. Or 20 years, this is just not. And that's, that's just like, that's the stuff that gets me. Like, you know, the, like I said, the kid from Kentucky, I just watched that accident probably more times than I should have. Just shaking my head. Yeah, just shaking my head. Because cause that's, that's how fragile, you know, life is. Like, the entire totality of what happened in that accident. One second. Snap of a finger. One bad decision. You know, one bad decision. That's it. That's that's it. That see that bothers that's always bothers me. You know, when I see the rappers that that get shot, you know, people taking their lives. And these guys are 21, 22, 23, 24 years old. They leave them behind kids. Like that's 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 no life. Again, that's always bothered me with with you know Tupac and Biggie. Even though they both packed in a lot in their 24 and 25 years respectively. You know enough to have a legacy. That's that's so much more. I always tell me Pac would have won Oscars. He he would have, you know, how you see, you know, Ice T and and and, and uh, Ice Cube and and LL Cool J and these other rappers, Ludacris, you know, that kind of went from rapping to TV and movies. That's that all. That's Pac. You know that that's was going and, and he wasn't going to be doing. And, and no offense to anybody, you know, he wasn't going to be doing, I mean, he may have done stuff like Friday and stuff like that. I'm not trying to knock Ice Cube or SUV or anything like that. He was going to do Scorsese films. You know what I'm saying? He he was going to do stuff that was going to get him Oscars. So, you know, you like but rap music. It's just, it's just, it's just sad. 
and I'm just kind of venting. I really don't have a point to any of this, but beyond that, you know, if you have kids, obviously, you know, just, just, I mean, you can't stop them. You can't watch them, you know, a hundred percent all the time. It's just the time is precious, you know, try to instill in them like decision-making. You don't want to make one stupid, you know, decision. And then that be it, you know, and if you're an adult, you know, and, and, and you got to think about the decisions you make to make sure that your kids, you know, are not in danger. You know, it's, it's someone, you know, someone told me, they was like, you know, someone, when you're, when you're deceased, you know, you, you don't hear the, the haters anymore. You don't hear the complainers. You don't hear the critics because you're not here. You know, but your family still has to, is worried. That's why I say be careful when you're talking about people that passed away. Because if you, even if you didn't like them, you know, even if you didn't like King Von or Mo 3 or Kobe or whatever, man, think about their families. <laughs> think about what they have to go through every single day before you decide to get that tweet off. What in the blue hell? One of the worst things that can happen to you as a young athlete in any sport is if your wife, your girlfriend, your side chick, your brother, your sister, or in this case, your mom, becomes popular on social media. Because at first it seems cool, right? That they're getting that attention. But the way social media works. Is that when you get that attention. People are going to start to dig around. Look more into the things. That are being said. And done. You know you see it with Patrick Mahomes mom. Or his his fiance. You see it with. You know Aisha Curry. You know showing off her breast implants. Says she needs attention. From other men that's not a husband you know if if you go back to the bubble remember how they were clowning uh paul george because he, he married the stripper that he tried to pay a million dollars to get an abortion so you, you gotta be careful with that now in general if you a baller it just becomes a little side story like patrick mahomes is a baller so you know people make fun of his fiance is his Mom is definitely MAGA, but you know, he balls out and he helps black people. So it, it's just a side story. Now, the problem becomes if you haven't established anything, like Steph Curry, he's a baller. So, you know, whatever Aisha does, it's a side story. <laughs> but when you haven't accomplished anything, it could become the main story. <laughs> and that's what we bring young Zach Wilson into the picture. You know, second overall pick, New York Jets. Some people in the NFL think that he's better than Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, everybody thought he was better than Justin Fields and Trey Lance. The number two pick in the draft. Big market. Big opportunity from BYU. Good-looking kid, right? These are big-time opportunities. You make the Jets relevant, sky's the limit. But 
you know, being from BYU, obviously the family uh, is Mormon. You know, we did, you know, they didn't like Obama. That was clear. <laughs> Had young Zach dressing up like Obama with the braids. Obviously, they're Trump people. And his mom went viral on draft day. Because to white people, she's an attractive white woman. To black people, she just looks like a regular old white lady. <laughs> but it does, you know, that doesn't matter. Obviously, everybody says, you know, hot mom, man. He has a hot mom. She just looks young than your average everyday white woman. <laughs> Maybe she has work done. I don't know. Whatever the case, she goes viral. She gets a bunch of followers on Instagram. But she starts talking. <laughs> See, if you just if you just keep it generic, everything's good. You could probably get your Maybelline, uh, you know, IG sponsorship or something. But she starts talking. And the more she talks, the more you realize um, she's on the other side. <laughs> She's on the Trump side. She's on the no vaccine side. She's on the anti-mask side. Now, granted, a lot of football fans are on that side as well. So it's not like a death warrant or anything like that. Because a lot of football fans are Trump guys and girls. That That's not really the issue. The issue is for young Zachary is that he better ball out. Ball out. No big deal. But now, that's, even if it was enough scrutiny as it is, now you, don't tell, you gotta deal with your mom. So if you don't play well, you know it's gonna come. The heavy criticism, the trolling, the memes, and then mom's gonna be talking. Mom is maybe more popular than the player, the son right now. She had to make a page private because, you know, when you wanna say your MAGA stuff, you wanna do it, I guess, in private. I, you know, we always tell young athletes that, you know, watch what you say on social media, maybe delete all of your social media or clean it up before the draft. Keep your head low. Just work hard until you get to a point where you're balling. And then you can be a little more expressive about whatever you want to talk about. Maybe you start talking to the moms and the girlfriends and the wives and the fiancés and the brothers and the sisters. Because, if, man, if that kid don't ball out early. He's going to be seeing ghosts too, like Sam Donald. But his ghosts are going to be on social media. I got to talk to these people. And there's so many stories I can't even just ID one of them. Like some were rappers, some were um, athletes, ex athletes, some were just regular people down the block. Some a lot was Instagram influencers. We got we to talk about it, right? And the reason that we're talking about them is because the PPP loans, the payback protection, something. I don't, I don't know what it is. Basically, they're Rona loans. The premise is you have a business, your business is struggling because of the Rona. The government was giving loans out to help the businesses stay afloat. Now, my friend, my best friend, Sam the African, who works in the banking industry. And he tells me all the time, he's like, bank fraud happens literally on a, on a daily basis, all the time. Like, there's so much that 95% of it, no one 
ever catches. And I said, well, why is that? Because most of it is small. You know, you, you change something here. You lie about how much you're making. You, know, you lie about how much you need on a loan. It's just a lot of little stuff that happens. So I said, well, how are these PPP people getting caught, Sam? And he said, simple. He said, greed. He said, greed and social media. Because in general, no one is looking really hard at, at what's going on. Unless you're getting out $5 million. You're getting out $2 million. A million dollars. There are certain things that people are going to be like, wait a minute. I need to look into this. Why is this company that I've never heard of need $2 million? Either this small LLC that nobody's ever heard of needs $3 million. Like if you just kept it low. There's so because there's so many people that are, have gotten loans. If you kept it, you know, six figures maybe, <laughs> low six figures. And when you got the money, you didn't really use it. See, they track stuff like this because you're using your bank. So what happens is, and Sam the African told me this, it's like if you get a five hundred thousand dollar PPP loan, and you immediately withdraw $455,000, it's going to cause a red flag. If you leave it in there, nobody's going to say anything. If you just are showing small expenses that you're paying for, nobody's going to say anything. If you take out $300,000, it raises a red flag. and say, what, what did you do with the three hundred thousand? You pay for a Lamborghini in cash. All of that stuff gets flagged and reported. It doesn't mean that the Lamborghini dealership is not going to give it to you. It just means that, you know, they're going to let people know. Listen, guy came in, never seen a guy before, don't even know what he does for a living. Bought a $300,000 Lamborghini in cash. Just thought you might want to know. FBI. <laughs> guy came in with three chains and a Michael Jordan jersey. Bought a Maybach for $250,000. You might just want to check this out. You know, guy got a PPP loan yesterday, came in with a bag and said, put $500,000 in cash in the bag. And next thing we know, we catch him in Vegas in the penthouse suite. You're just dumb. You're just stupid. The first, I think one of the first guys that got charged, he got six years of jail. The six years of jail worth, you know, two months of flossing on Instagram. That's a long time in jail. And I'm not even, I don't think those type of punishments are warranted for just stealing money from the government. You know, I, I think 30 days is good. 30 days and getting the money back. <laughs> Six years is a long time. You know, white boys be raping women and get two months. They get six years for the Lambo on Instagram. That's another discussion for another day uh, about the justice system. That's not just for everybody. The Injustice League. This story just infuriates me. And it takes a lot these days because you know this country is jacked up. You know we're not the United States of America. You know that we're not 
the creme de la creme of this world, no matter how they try to brainwash you. But every day, it seems like they show you a little bit more of why that is. And this is a perfect example, you know, of this. Uh, there's a black man named LaRue Butcher. And he owned a weed business because, you know, weed is legal in a lot of states now, even though they still are putting black people in jail for long periods of time for small amounts of weed. He owns a weed business. He a black man, family of five and his wife, uh, I believe at the time was pregnant, either with the fifth or the sixth child. White man breaks into his business. Um, one night, he reports it, nothing's done. The same white man tries to break into his business again. At this point, he's friend for his life. He doesn't know what's going on with this white man. Is he going to cause harm to him and his family? So he, he uses his licensed gun and shoots the guy who's broken into his place of business. Twice. Okay. Rightfully, he calls the cops. Say, hey, this guy's broken into my house, broken into my business twice. I shot him and and because I feared for my life. I didn't know if he was armed. I didn't know what was going on. I have a family of five. Cops look at him. Okay, all right. A couple of days later, they find out that his license for his weed business had expired. Now, this is not unusual, especially in the pandemic, licenses and stuff. Um, here in California, if you haven't gotten your registration for your car, they don't even bother you anymore because they know it's it's a little crazy with the pandemic. But since his weed license was expired, the cops decided to go to his business and confiscate $1.5 million worth of weed essentially shutting down his business. On top of that, they decided to charge him with first-degree murder because technically he wasn't on he wasn't his business wasn't a business because the license had expired. So their rationale for charging him and stealing his weed was because his license had expired by a few days. Therefore, it wasn't a real business and the guy that was breaking in to the business basically, you know, was afforded rights as if they were both just walking down the streets and he shot. Him. This is America. OK, first off, I haven't heard anything from the NRA about this. Right. I've heard anything about the NRA. Secondly, white people shoot black people all the time. And say it's self-defense. Cops do it all the time. Say they feared for their life. Nothing ever happens. A lot of times, it just be black people just minding their own business. Not breaking into their home. Or breaking into their business. It could be black guy jogging. Black guy coming from 7-Eleven. Black kid outside playing in the park. They feared for their life. They shot him. Nothing happens. George Zimmerman wasn't a cop. He just thought something was suspicious. In the neighborhood. Shot a kid, got off. Got off. This guy legitimately was threatened by this guy twice. 
and they charged him with first degree murder. And they shut down his business. And I'm sure that one point five million in weed is is not just sitting in a storage locker. He's still in jail. He has five kids. Still in jail. Five kids. They upgraded his charges. You could Derek Chavon wasn't even charged for first degree murder. And he stood on somebody's neck, George Floyd's neck, for ten minutes. This is America. This when people start saying, you know, Simon, it's not really racist and there's only a few bad apples. And, no. That, you know, the, somebody told me this. Yeah, I looked it up. It's true. You know, the whole, you know, few bad apples. The full saying of that goes something like, you know, a few bad apples spoil the entire bunch. The premise being that if you had bad apples in your ranks, it makes the whole thing rotten. It's not. It, the saying is that a few bad apples, meaning, and eh, you know, most of them are good apples, so relax that's not the saying that's that's not the saying this is america uh you can go check that out there's a gofundme form there's a petition to get him out of jail i don't know i don't know what joe biden is doing maybe hit him up <laughs> do something that man doesn't need to be in jail that's that's pathetic while we're talking about pathetic, I want to talk about one more thing in the Injustice League segment because you guys know how much I hate symbolism. Symbolism. You know, because it's fake. It's not real. People use symbol and symbolism to as a mask. So they don't really see what's going on behind the scenes. It's easy to say something like, in racism, that's nice. <laughs> uh, you want to help with that, <laughs> or you just want to put it in the back of the end zone? You know, it takes all of us. Black Lives Matter on court. That's that's all nice and stuff. But what what's you, are you doing anything? Are your actions matching up with your words? In the case of the NFL, absolutely not. I saw this story, and it's amazing to me that this story. It did not get mainstream attention. I was on ESPN. For it's not on you know. Oh, I know why it's not on ESPN because they don't want to upset the league and the NFL TV contracts. They are talking about this on First Take. They are talking about this on NFL Live, but they should. As you know, NFL um, is trying to has a concussion settlement. You know, because for years, you know, basically they were letting people kill themselves and wasn't doing anything about it. <laughs> so they have this concussion settlement, but you have to fit like a certain criteria to to get your settlement. Well, the NFL uses an algorithm and they wanted to use an algorithm that suggests that black men are dumber than white men. I mean, I'm dumbing it down, That's but that's what it is. That we have, you know, worse cognitive brain function than your average white man. And that takes into consideration the scale that it takes to, to get your concussion settlement. Just think about that for a second. Like, that's some old school 
three-fifths of a man type of stuff that's happening in 2021. There's nothing to suggest that humans who all have the same insides, that just because of the pigment of our skin means that we're smarter or dumber than the next guy. This is a bit of a crap shoot. It really has nothing to do with your skin color. A lot of times it has to do with your environment. <laughs> when you come out that womb, you don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> you don't choose your mother and father. You don't choose your economic standing. You don't choose how your education is going to be. You're not going to choose what stimulates your mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just out the womb, you're a baby. You don't know. The only thing you know is what your parents teach. And granted, some you know, I think everybody's good at something. Some people are good at school. Some people are good at building. Some people are good at computers. Some people are athletically gifted. Like there's everybody's good at something. It has nothing to do with your skin color. A lot, you know, maybe it has to do with your DNA. There's a lot of dumb white people in the world. Let's not get it twisted. You know, you put two dumb white people together, you're gonna get a dumb child. Yeah, it's nothing to do with that. But I think what they're trying to say is that in the, in the most racist way possible is they feel like black athletes come from a lower economic standing. Therefore, you know, they're not as smart. But that has nothing to do with your brain. It has a lot to do with your situation. Me and my wife talk about this all the time. All the time. Is that we literally, one of our neighbors is a uh, he's an Asian guy and he works for a college and he works in like the diversity you know department of education right and we, we, we see him on walks all the time and he was just telling us that there's a school and he has a uh, you know I have a little a little one that's five months going on six he has a little one too that's like three months and he has a boy that's like two and he was telling us about a school um, in, in, our, in our neighborhood. And, you know, that he put his, his son goes there a little bit. Uh, and they're really good and they teach a lot of good things and everything. They're expensive, but whatever the case, they, they teach. And we were thinking, well, you know, school probably starts maybe at 2, 3, like a daycare slash uh, educational school. Nope. They take your baby at six weeks. <laughs> At six weeks, they will literally take your child at six weeks and put them in some sort of learning program. At six weeks. Now, just imagine. I want you to imagine this. Like, just want you to think about this. Okay? Kid A, no matter race, creed, culture, religion, whatever. Kid A gets put in a learning facility at six weeks. Year six weeks, not years, six weeks, not months, years. Not 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 years, not months. Six weeks. Put into a learning facility at six weeks with very good teachers, people that have degrees, people that know what they're doing, how to handle babies, how to handle young children. And I'm not saying that he's in there, you know, the, the, the baby's in there like five days a week. Just a little, you know. And that child from six weeks to kindergarten, which is what, like five, four or five, has gotten this training 
this educational training, this social training from six weeks to four years, right? Baby B doesn't get this training, right? Is you know, babysitters and all of this stuff because the mom has to work, dad has to work maybe, they don't have time, they don't have maybe the money to put them in this type of schooling or whatever, you know, so they just have been, you know, they're, they're getting all of the love. I'm not even trying to say it's like a, a messed up situation, baby B. They're getting all the love. They're getting all the love from their parents and their grandparents and all these other people, their aunts, their cousins and everything. They're just not in the educational system, okay? Then both of these children start kindergarten at four or five years old. Who's going to be ahead of the curve to start? It's just common sense. It doesn't matter. Race, read, creed, code. It doesn't matter. Baby A is going to be ahead. He's been in a school environment his, his or hers entire life. And you'll be surprised just starting off ahead keeps you ahead. It keeps you ahead. A child soaks up their environment. So if their environment includes school, they may actually like school. <laughs> if another kid's environment has just been around a family the entire time, they may have some social reactions to school that aren't good. People don't, I'm sure people think about this, but that means more than black or white. It goes back to the T-ball thing. It's the opportunity. You know, everybody can't afford to pay $500 a week to have a one-year-old go start learning their ABCs. Starts getting, you know, learning multiplication and, and adding and stuff. Everybody don't have that. So for the NFL to, to do something like that, you know, it lets you know how they feel about black people in general. Black athletes. They see them as meat. Not as human. And definitely not as smart. A lot of people ask me, Rob, what do you think about these YouTubers fighting in boxing? Because they know that I'm a big boxing guy. You know, what do you think about Jake Paul and Logan Paul and Trilla and, and Gotcha Hat and Mayweather doing the cash grab and all of that stuff? And to me, you got to keep that same energy, right? In the sense that people love to talk about things that they hate. And if you, if you really look at the landscape of media and sports, the people that make the most money, and also, you know, social media, are the people that are hated the most. <laughs> now, why is that? Because in theory... If you hate something, you wouldn't watch it. You wouldn't engage in it. If I don't like somebody, I don't talk to them. And I don't talk about them. And that's just the way I am. I know it's different now with social media. Everybody's trying to expose somebody. Everybody's trying to, 
tear somebody down. It's happened to me. Might happen to you. A lot of times the full the full story never gets told. People don't really want the truth. They want blood. <laughs> hey, hey, they don't want the truth. Hey, they just want you know that piece of flesh because they're miserable people. Let's just be honest. So with with things like this, you have to think about it. Who's really to blame? Paul brothers who are obviously not great people <laughs> I mean that's pretty obvious so who is to blame it's you you're to blame the audience is to blame because you've made these people famous you've made the Paul brothers famous you so you can't complain. And don't tell me, well, I, not me, not me. Well, somebody did. There's millions of people out there that would watch a Paul Brothers pay-per-view better than more than watching a good fight like we had last night with Louis Neary and Brandon Figueroa. That's a top-notch, two undefeated fighters fighting to unify titles. Outside, fans, barn burner, punches being thrown, all angles. But that rating won't be as good as Jake Paul stealing Floyd Mayweather's hat. So you're the problem. It's not the Paul brothers. It's not Mayweather. It's not Snoop Dogg. It's not Trilla. You, you're the issue. You're the issue. You have Canelo Alvarez. A great of a generation. Don't appreciate him. Because <laughs> you'd rather, you rather talk about Deontay Wilder spiking his water. Deontay Wilder said he's pro-black, but threw a black man under the bus. Threw a black man right under the bus. Not his white trainer. Not his white advisor. He threw a black man under the bus. To this day. So you, you, it's not it's not their fault. I tell I used to say this all the time. Is I don't do it as much anymore because you know it, it, it's just different times. But you know when I used to watch wrestling like every week, or you know, Monday, Thursday, whatever it was on, and I would talk. So why are you watching that? Why 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 are you watching? Only nerd to watch it. It's my TV. It's my direct TV. It's my streaming service. I can watch whatever I want to watch. Are you going to pay for it? Are you going to pay me to watch what you want me to watch? So, it doesn't bother me that it's it's basically boxing WWE. I'm saying if you are the one that has it trending. Somebody is watching because everybody's talking about it. It's on all the, the TV shows. It's on all the YouTube shows. You're the problem. Not the Paul Brothers, not Mayweather, not Snoop Dogg, not Pete Davidson. You're the problem. People 
it's like a it's like a show or a series. And why the Real Housewives still on? People watch it. <laughs> That's why. That's it's, it's, it's not complicated. Why is this trash on my TV? Cause you watch it. It's as simple as that. If if you don't watch it, a lot of the good shows get canceled because nobody watches. <laughs> if people watched, they would still be on air. This is an amazing show. Nobody watches. This is filth. Everybody watches. <laughs> You're the problem. You're the issue. If Jake Paul's pay-per-views, and I know they inflate the numbers, but if they were only getting 100000 there wouldn't be no Jake Paul boxing. There wouldn't be no Logan Paul boxing. Floyd Mayweather gonna get a hundred million dollars to fight Logan Paul? Probably not. That's that's probably an inflated number. But is he gonna make more than every other boxer in the country, in the world, that's not named Canelo, Anthony Joshua, or Tyson Fury? Yes. Is Logan Paul gonna make more than Earl Smith, Terrence Crawford? Yes, he is. That's because you made it viable. If you supported boxing the same way you supported the YouTubers or at least gave it your attention the same way you gave you give it to the YouTubers. Then. They would be the ones that are getting the big money and and the big events, but you don't. And don't bring UFC into it because they have their dedicated fan base, but but Dana White doesn't pay their fighters. So yeah, you may, you may get a huge pay per view buy on UFC, blah 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 blah, but the main event guy is getting five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, Dana White's getting rich. So this is more about boxing. If you want more people to talk about. The Charlos and Earl Spence and Sean Porter and Andy Ruiz and all these. It's the two things. A, make better fights. And B, give them the same attention that you give the YouTubers. Until then, I stop complaining. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter at BSO. Facebook, Black Sports Online. Instagram and YouTube, B. S-O-T-V Big shout out to ABF Creative for helping put this podcast together I'm out